Welcome, you little lovelies, to your Monday Old Time Radio episode. Remastered, tweaked, and edited, not only to save your ears from bleeding due to the audio glitches, but so that you can enjoy the audio drama the way it was meant to be, as clean as possible. Now folks, I have an announcement. Next Monday, I'll be heading off to Singapore for two weeks, so I'm leaving on the 16th of December through to the 31st, then heading home to spend time with my family and friends. I wanted to keep all of you across this so that you're not wondering why there won't be any uploads in that period. Having spent every second weekday producing, talking to podcasters or authors to gather stories, I think I'll have a little break. My family had to actually persuade me not to produce anything during that time. (laughs) What can I say? I love what I do, and I love you listeners. I'll remind everyone about my trip on Wednesday and Friday just in case anyone misses the update. And speaking of awesome listeners like yourselves, my two owed Night Tea Titans, Matthew J. Bauer, the mastermind of manipulation, Maya, the mega movie star of Moxieville, thank you both for being so damn amazing, supporting the show at an incredible level, and having me in awe every time I see your support on my page. Thank you both so, so much. It means the world to me. And my white tea warlords. I own cows, a lone wolf in a city full of moos. And Lee Bauer, the focused and directed prowler. Thank both of you for your amazing support. Not only are you the pep in my step, but the bounce in my pounce. Thank you for your support. And my Earl Grey Enforcers, Chad Warren, Chas Heather, Lorraine Crisanto, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Michelangelo Yacone, and Robert Fisher. Thank you all for your support. Simply amazing. Now turn up the volume and ignore the outside world. We're going to travel to the 1940s and revel in that world. Enjoy. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is Your FBI, an official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, presented as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Are you one of the 50 million Americans covered by Social Security? If so, have you any clear idea of your rights and benefits under Social Security? Well, there may be a pleasant surprise in store for you, for in a few minutes you'll learn from our sponsor, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States, how easy it is to build Social Security into full security. Tonight's FBI file, The Sinister Witness. Sometimes, as you listen to these programs taken from the files of your FBI, it may occur to you that the characters involved are from another world. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
Every hour of every day, you are living closer to crime than you think. For the best proof of that, consider tonight's case. A case involving a person who might be you. People who stay up late and partake too freely will wake up the next morning with a hangover. That is a medical fact. A hangover can happen to a professor, a fireman, or even, as in this story from the files of your FBI, to the president of a department store, one Mr. J.B. Lamar. Mrs. Lamar is just across the bed from her husband as he opens his eyes for the first time. Good morning, dear. Oh, no. Dear. What? Pull down the shades. Are you going to stay in bed? Shall I call the store? What time is it? About 10 o'clock. What day is it? Friday? Mm. Oh, Friday. I've got to go downtown. I've got two appointments. Would you like some coffee? Uh, not right now, dear, but if you uh, see the back of my head anywhere, let me know. All right. Oh, I almost forgot. Happy anniversary. Same to you, dear. You suppose there's any more champagne in town? If there is, I can't blame it on us. Mm, I can't blame it on you if there's no scotch either. Why? Was I drinking scotch and champagne? Mm. Oh, why didn't you stop me? The first division couldn't have stopped you. Oh, never again. You know, dear, you shouldn't go driving when you're feeling the way you did. Driving? I drove the car last night? You did. Where'd I go? Don't you remember that no one could talk you out of driving the Masons home after the party? I drove the Masons home all the way over across the bridge? You did. I really drew a blank. I don't remember anything after about 10 o'clock. You did it all by yourself. Oh, no. Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Morning. How do you feel this morning, Mr. Lamar? Frankly, sir, not very well. I wouldn't think so after last night. <clears throat> who is this calling? I'm a man who can be either a very good friend of yours or a bad enemy. Who are you? What do you want? My name is Dixon. Martin Dixon. I'm calling you from St. Louis. Hmm? I got some information that's pretty valuable to you. What kind of information? Information about last night. Now, are you interested? Yeah, go on. Let's understand each other before we go any further, Mr. Lamar. Yes, let's. My information is for sale. And if I don't choose to buy it? How would Mrs. Lamar look as a widow? How dare you! Mr. Lamar? That's right. I'm the man who phoned you about an hour ago. Sure. Martin Dixon. Remember? Okay, Dixon, what's your game? Uh, maybe I'd better come in. I think you'll want to hear what I have to sell. All right. Come into the living room. The right, then. I think maybe you better close that door, too, Mr. Lamar. What, uh... It's all of this, Mr. Dixon. Yeah. Take a look at the front page. Uh, a story about the hit-and-run accident on the bridge. Hmm. Police today were searching for the driver of a car which struck down and killed 78-year-old 
What is this? You don't have to act for me, Mr. Lamar. I was there. You were where? On the bridge when you hit that old man. What? I thought it might be something of a shock to you, Mr. Lamar, and I also thought you might not believe me. So I brought the proof. What proof? These pieces of glass are from your right front headlight, Mr. Lamont. Oh, good Lord, I have no idea. No, of course not. I could tell from the way you were driving that you were pretty well loaded. Uh, wait right here, Mr. Dixon, will you? Where are you going? Going upstairs and get dressed. And then? And I'm going to the police and tell them I did it. Wait a second. You were driving while intoxicated. You hit an old man and left the scene of the accident. And the old man died, so you committed manslaughter. And you want to go in and confess? What else can I do? Don't you still want to run for mayor? What's that got to do with this? You don't think you'd be elected after this, even if you didn't go to jail. I guess you're right, but... Look, Mr. Lamar, I'm the only one who saw the accident. You are? Yep. Now I've got the only evidence that you had the accident. Would you be interested in buying some rare pieces of glass? Direct? From Toledo, Ohio? I, uh, let me think. Okay, Mr. Lamar. I'm giving you till 8 o'clock tomorrow morning to think. And I have that $2,500 in cash. So long. Across the Lira River in St. Louis a little earlier that same morning, agent in charge Ritchie of the FBI's field office had just returned to his desk when... Ritchie speaking. Police headquarters, Mr. Ritchie. Good morning. I'm afraid that we've got a fugitive case that belongs to you fellas. Oh? What kind? A hit and run driver. We'll take it, but why does it belong to us? Because the driver headed his car across the bridge and disappeared in Illinois. That's a flight to avoid prosecution. We're filing those charges. That's for us, then. Now, tell me, what happened? Well, we haven't got too many details, but we'll send the only witness down to your office right away. Who is it? A scrub woman who cleans up at night in an office building. I see. She was on her way home last night when she saw a big black car crash into an old man crossing a street about a block away from her. And then head on across the bridge without stopping. What about the victim? Claudia is at the morgue. And we'll talk to the witness and assume that you'll check the body for clues. Right. Hey, Marty. Where are you, baby? I got a... Oh. I didn't see you. Hmm. Hmm. Don't you look nerve right? Don't speak to me unless you've got some money. Okay. How do you do, Marty? Let me see it. Here you are, baby. 2,500 skins. Oh. Where'd we get all of these? You know those four little pieces of glass I showed you? Well? Well, I'm selling them to a certain party for $2,500 a piece. $2,500 a piece? That's right. He's already bought one, and he thinks he's going to get the rest Friday morning for only... One more $2,500. I don't get it. That's not important now. The important thing is... Now I'm going to get some clothes. I'll say you are. And after I finish selling those four pieces of glass, we're off, baby. We're off. Richie speaking. Good 
This is police headquarters again, Mr. Ritchie. What's up? Well, I was just wondering whether you had any word on the hit-and-run case yet. Nothing of importance. I'm waiting for a report from the lab. Mind me being curious? Well, not at all. We found a few slivers of glass at the scene of the accident. Might be part of a headlight. Yeah, that's probably the part of the car that struck him. And the fender, too, we think. Oh? We found a smudge of auto paint on the clothes of the victim. The lab's trying to identify it now. Good. Good. If there's anything we can do to help, just let us know. Uh, hold it a second, please. Special Agent Dunn is just coming in from the lab now. Got something done? The glass is from a headlight, all right. What about the paint check? Well, it's an exact match of the formula of paint used on the 1941 model Buick. Uh-huh. Hello? Yeah? We'll give you the first alert, Sergeant. We want to check all garages for one that may have repaired the right headlight and front fender of a 1941 model black Buick sedan. Okay, we've gone to work. Hold on. Now, let's put out the same alert done to all police departments in Missouri and Illinois right away. Right. It's just me, Mr. Lamar, the glass dealer. Come in, please. Okay. This way, please. I hope you haven't gone to the trouble to think up any funny ideas, Mr. Lamar, because I ain't going Step to... Step in, please. Have a chair. Look here, Mr. Lamar. I said have a chair. Do I get the $2,500 or don't I? No, you don't. What? I confess I was prepared to pay you another $2,500 this morning. In the last few moments, I changed my mind. How come? How come? Well, it's like... Never the... mind what it's like, Mr. Lamar. Hand over that $2,500 or I go to the cops for those pieces of glass from your headlight. Understand? Perhaps I can hold your interest better in what I have to say with uh, this little instrument. Why, you... Put down that gun. They started to say I was prepared to pay you another $2,500 this morning. And I said put down that but gun. But I decided instead to give this whole thing uh, a little run off my conscience. What do you mean? Simply mean that I'm going to call the police to come and get me. And get you, too, for blackmail. Why, you... There you are. Listen, you can go crazy and tell the police to come and get you if you want to, but you're not going to call them while I'm here. Hello. Hello, operator. Turn in just a moment to tonight's case, which shows how your FBI helps provide national security. Now let's listen in on a conversation about social security between a career girl named Audrey Andrews and a representative of the Equitable Society. Uh, Carl, you mean that my social security that costs me only a few cents every payday may be worth thousands of dollars to me later on? That's right, Audrey. Why, I never dreamed it amounted to anything like that. Well, that's the wonderful thing about social security. It gives you a big head start in the race for full security. It's the first time in the history of this country that women, earning a salary like yours, have been in a position to look forward to real independence. Well, how do you mean? Well, thousands of career girls these days are reinforcing their social security with life insurance. Actually, it costs only a few dollars a month for a girl your age to get life insurance that will double her social security benefits. 
That's real financial independence. Well, Carl, you certainly have given me a new angle on Social Security. Yes, Audrey, many Americans don't realize what a wonderful asset they have in Social Security. They've never discovered how easy it is to build Social Security into full security through life insurance. If you already own some life insurance, your Equitable Society man may be able to show you how only a few dollars extra per month will assure you a comfortable retirement income through the Equitable Extended Income Plan. Your Social Security benefits vary according to your age, salary, and family situation. Why not get the facts? Find out exactly what you're entitled to under Social Security. The government has prepared a special card that will help you secure this information. To obtain one of these cards, get in touch with your Equitable Society representative or send your name and address on a postcard to the Equitable Society, care of this station. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, The Sinister Witness. To repent of a wrong does not wholly exonerate the wrongdoer. And although in tonight's case, the man Lamar had repented of his conspiracy with the blackmailer, like most repentance, it came too late. It was some two hours after the blackmailer had struck down Lamar and escaped that Agent in Charge Ritchie and Special Agent Dodden of the FBI's St. Louis office in answer to a call from police headquarters in Newtown, arrived at the bedside of Lamar and was listening to his confession. And so now I'm fully prepared, gentlemen, to pay the penalty for whatever I'm guilty of in connection with the death of that poor old man. You won't think it's very kind of me, Mr. Lamar, to say so at this point. No, I think I know what you're going to say. You're perfectly justified, sir. What the blackmailer did to me was no more than I deserved for dealing with him trying to cover up my crime. Thank you. I'd rather have had you say it. I guess there's nothing more for me to say except that... Uh, sorry, I bungled the job of holding on to the blackmailer for you. With your help, we may be able to catch you, Mr. Lamar. Right now, we want to examine your car. I'm afraid the blackmailer has gotten away with the most conclusive evidence. The pieces of glass from your headlight? Yes, sir. We picked up a few slivers of glass at the scene of the accident ourselves. Oh, and we also have a specimen of fender paint taken from the clothing of the victim. I see. Our laboratory, Mr. Lamar, has identified it as the formula of paint used on the 1941 model Black Buick. Well, gentlemen, of course, that's exactly the model of Buick you will find outside in my garage. You realize, of course, Mr. Lamar, that you're under arrest and that it will be necessary to place you on the guard. Yes, sir. But we shan't move you until the doctor says it's safe to do so. Thank you, sir. Come on, Don. Let's have a look at the car. Right. Well, now that I'm Miss Fashion Plate of 1946, Freddie. Yeah, Marty. And since we're headed for new and greener pastures. Well? You might tell me to whom I'm really indebted for my wardrobe. Oh, okay. There's a sucker named Lamar. Why didn't you introduce me to him, Freddie? 
Maybe I could have gotten it a lot easier. <laughs> what went wrong, anyway? How do you mean? Well, you were going to collect a total of 10000 bucks, and you stopped at five. Oh, you got a bad case of conscience and pulled a gun on me. He was going to call the cops. So, you... So, I took his gun, slugged him, took it on the lamb with the second $2,500. What I don't understand about it all is those uh, four pieces of glass. Those four pieces of glass, baby, came out of a headlight on our car. So what? I didn't tell you this. I smacked into an old man the other night and killed him. I had to get away fast, so I took off across the bridge. Yeah? And what do I see parked at the side of the road right off the bridge but another black Buick sedan? Just like ours. I don't get it. Well, I stopped and looked in. There's a guy asleep at the wheel. You could smell the liquor on his breath three feet from the car. Yeah, yeah, go on. So right there and then, Freddy gets the bright idea of pinning the accident on him. How? He smashed his headlight. If that had waked him, I'd have played drunk myself. But it didn't. No, slept <laughs> right through it. <laughs> then I took a pair of pliers and just dented his right front fender a little. <laughs> Freddie, you're a real genius. Oh, there's nothing, baby, nothing. It was a pushover for it. Too bad, though. We could have used that other five grand. We're going to make that look like peanuts, baby. You still haven't told me how. We're headed for a fancy lake resort, sweetheart. And? And there'll be at least one guy with arthritis and that big bankroll who can't resist your charm. Does he have to have arthritis? Well, anyway, when I come busting in your suite in the middle of the Danger Line cocktail... I'll yell. How dare you, sir? This is my wife. $50,000, please. Why, Grandma, what big numbers you have. Now, now, take it easy, Mr. Lamont. But I just can't believe it, that I'm innocent. Oh, darling, isn't that wonderful? But I still can't understand. I did drive over that bridge, and I was under the influence of liquor. Well, that doesn't alter the fact that the specimen of paint taken from the victim's clothing doesn't match the paint on your right front fender. But I, I don't understand. How do the pieces of headlight glass we picked up match the glass in your headlight? Mr. Lamar, you had an accident at some time with that car, didn't you? Why, yes, I had a little traffic accident about six months ago and had both the fender and the light repaired, but how did you find out? Mr. Lamar, it's the job of the FBI to catch criminals. I know that, sir. But it's also our job to see that innocent people aren't convicted. Yes, but this man Dixon... There's some kind of a frame going on, Mr. Lamar. You say the man who came here told you his name was Martin Dixon? That's right. Well, I had a hunch... I figured that maybe he did what a lot of criminals do when they assume a name, just change the first name. So I brought a picture from the police files in St. Louis, Mr. Lamar. Is that Dixon? Yes. Yes, it is. I thought it might be. His right name is Fred Dixon. I expect that's for me. Hello? Reggie, this is Don. You've got some kind of a break on Dixon, but I don't know where we go from here. What have you got? Well, I'm down at the second-hand car dealers at Fourth and Grand. Mm -hmm. He's got Dixon's doing. When did he get it? This morning. Dixon came in and sold it to him for cash. This is the nearest we've come to him yet. Yeah, it is, but I'm afraid it's a dead-end street down here. Nothing in the car? No, not a thing. He cleaned out the glove compartment. He even lifted the front and rear seats to see that nothing was left underneath. How do you know that? The dealer told me. Dixon didn't drop any hint to the dealer of where he was going, did he? No, he just sold him the car, took the cash, and left. Mm-hmm. I hope you're cooler where you are than I am out here. <laughs> not much cooler. Say, speaking of being cool... 
How was Dixon dressed when he sold the car? In a sports jacket and slacks. Brown tweed jacket and brown gabardine slacks. Brown and white shoes and a brown neckerchief around the collar of his sports shirt. Why? Meet me at the office. I've got an idea. Uh, bourbon and water, please. Uh, beg pardon, miss. You someone using the stool? Well, it's all yours. Thanks. What do you mean by coming in here? I was afraid to call you on the phone. Okay, it's all set. Arthritis and all. When? We're having champagne in my suite after dinner. What then? Oh, it's rang the darling till ten o'clock. Ten o'clock, okay. Ah, it's a pretty good suite you have here, baby. I wish I could stick around and watch the fun. <laughs> you can have this bottle of vino with me. Oh, no, no, no. Suppose your Mr. What's-His-Name Gardner walks in on me. Oh, that would be embarrassing. But he won't be here for an hour yet. Okay, you got my business then on the vino. Pour me a glass. Oh, this is living, ain't it, honey? Baby, baby, not ain't. You can't catch men like Gardner with a net if you say ain't. Are you kidding? Gardner's not interested in my vocabulary. I know that. You got a class to get these rich guys. I got Gardner coming here in less than an hour, ain't I? I don't want to fight, baby. Now you're talking. Yeah. yeah. Drink and be merry, for tomorrow we travel again. With Mr. Gardner's 50000 Do you think it'll weigh us now? Hmm. Not if you don't give it to us in change. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, let's get through with our signals again, huh? Just make sure we're right. Okay. Now, when I pull this window shade down, that's the signal for you to come up here. Yeah. I'm to get Mr. Gardner sitting next to me right here on the couch. Yeah. And you pop in, and you say... And then he says, what are you doing there with my wife, Mr. Gardner? Who are you? What do you mean by breaking into my suite this way? I'm going to call the manager. How much were you going to charge, Mr. Gardner, for the privilege of sitting on the couch with your wife, Fred? I said, who are you? We're special agents of the FBI. What do you want with me? Well, to start at the beginning, you're wanted for the hit-and-run slaying of an old man named Wilson. I didn't do it. I want a lawyer. I didn't say you did it, Dixon. I merely said that you're wanted for that crime. Now, if you're innocent of that, then maybe you can be convicted of blackmailing Mr. J.B. Lamar of St. Louis. Fred. Don't worry, baby. These guys are crazy if they think they can pin anything on me. No, we're not crazy, Dixon. You should have changed your clothes after you sold your car. When the dealer gave us a description of your clothes, I took your picture down to the airline ticket counters and to the railroad. But we didn't... When I got no response at those places, I went to all of the drive-it-yourself automobile agencies. Oh. When I hit the third one, they told me you rented a car there. How'd you know we'd come to this place? That was simple. One of you kind people did us the favor of leaving a folder on the counter. An advertising folder describing the charms of this lovely hotel. You did that, you genius. For the hit-and-run killing of Joseph Wilson, and for his crime of extortion, Frederick Dixon is now serving concurrent terms in the federal penitentiary. Mr. Lamar declined to press the blackmail charges, resulting in the release from custody of Martha Johnson. 
As Special Agent Ritchie pointed out, it is the job of your FBI to catch criminals and also to see to it that innocent people are not convicted. We repeat that credo of the FBI tonight because this is a day which all Americans might well mark. Well, this is July 26, 1946, a date which serves as a double anniversary. It was on July 26, 1908, that Charles J. Bonaparte, Attorney General in the Cabinet of President Theodore Roosevelt, signed an order creating the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Nine years later, on July 26, 1917, a young law clerk joined the FBI. A young law clerk named J. Edgar Hoover. Since that time, your FBI has become nationally and internationally famous as an organization which protects you, the American people. Your FBI hopes to maintain that same reputation in the future by continuing to work for you as it works now, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's colorful story from the files of your FBI. Once again, friends, let me remind you that no matter how much you earn, you have a valuable asset in Social Security. And your Equitable Society representative will gladly show you how easy it is to build your Social Security into full security. He'll explain to you how Social Security and life insurance can work together for your complete protection and will help you determine exactly where you stand under Social Security. No obligation, of course. Phone him tomorrow. Your Equitable Society representative is listed in your local phone book under the name Equitable, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Next week, we will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the case of the would-be movie star. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight's broadcast was directed by William M. Sweets, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner, the author was Frank Ferries, and your narrator was Dean Carlton. This is your FBI, is a Jerry Devine production. Now, this is Carl Frank speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is your FBI, an official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, presented as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Are you one of the 50 million Americans covered by Social Security? 
If so, have you any clear idea of your rights and benefits under Social Security? Well, there may be a pleasant surprise in store for you. For in a few minutes, you'll learn from our sponsor, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States, how easy it is to build Social Security into full security. As a general rule, statistics are rather dull. But here are some statistics which, to you and to every other good American citizen, should not only be far from dull, but should, in fact, be truly alarming. Last year in this country, major crimes alone were committed at the rate of nearly 5,000 every 24 hours. And the figures for this year already show an increase of almost 22%. And the figures are still climbing, particularly in that field of crime of which tonight's case from the files of your FBI is a recent example, the crime of robbery, which has increased during the last six months, almost 50%. Ever since she saw that movie a couple of weeks ago in which a baby stole the picture from the grown-ups in the cast, Ruth Patterson has been obsessed with three ideas. One, that her own two-month-old Ricky is three times cuter. Two, could have played the part ten times better. And that she and her husband Frank should move to Hollywood and get the baby into pictures. But thus far, they're still living in North Philadelphia. Where at the moment, little Ricky is... Well, roughly translated, that means bring me my supper bottle. Okay, okay, Ricky. Hurry as fast as I can. Here, here, take this bottle. Take it. Oh, that. Oh, gee, how you carry on. Oh, well, if you're going to be a movie star, I suppose you have to be a little temperamental. Just a minute. Now, just keep working on that bottle, honey. All right, all right, I'm coming. Hiya, sis. Oh, hello, Flo. Is uh, Frank home yet? No, he works overtime, Monday. Come on in. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh, excuse me. He don't hold the bottle so good. Okay, Mommy's back now. There we are. Flo? Yeah? Come here. What is it? Look at Ricky. Look at that face of his. Did you ever see such expression? Yeah, that's cute. Cute? With eyes like Jimmy Stewart, hair like Van Johnson, and a chin like Cary Grant, and all you can say is cute? Honey, I'm just happy he doesn't look like that husband of yours. Oh, gee, that reminds me. You know, you shouldn't even be here, Flo. Why not? Frank says he don't like for you to visit me. He thinks you're a bad influence. Haven't you given up caring what he thinks? Well, sure, but he's the only husband I've got. What about the Hollywood deal? Oh, you mean with Ricky? Yeah. Is Frank going to take you out there? No. He says that's out. You still want to go? Of course. Without Frank? Sure, but but how? I think I've got an angle for you on that. Oh, gee, what is it? Your car's here, ain't it? Yeah, why? Get Ricky. We're all going to the store. 
store? What store? There's a supermarket over on the other side of town. What are we going there for? Get Ricky, like I tell you, and let's go. This kid is going to co-star in a little act that'll get you and him to Hollywood. What? Pick him up, William. Come on. Okay, here we are. Oh, look, Flo. Ricky went to sleep in my arms coming over. That's well. Bring him and come on. Where? Into that store. Oh, but look, it's already closed. Don't you see the sign on the door? The manager's still in there. He'll let us in. Oh, okay. I'll do all the talking. Come on. I still don't see what coming here has got to do with going to Hollywood. Just follow me. The manager sees us, but he's shaking his head no. Hold the kid up where he can see him. Oh, uh, y- you mean like this? Yeah. Come on to the door, mister. Oh, here he comes now. Look, let me do the talking. Well, I wouldn't know what to say anyway. I'm sorry, ladies, but the store is closed. Yes, we know, and we wouldn't have bothered you except on account of the baby. You see, it's my sister's baby, and she forgot... You don't have to tell me. You forgot to get milk for the baby, right? (laughs) No, how did you know that? Lady, I unlocked this door two or three times a week for the same reason. (laughs) Oh, then you don't mind? Of course not. Come right in. (laughs) Thanks. Go ahead, sis. Okay. We can't turn down little fellas that need milk. Now, if you just wait right here, I'll go back to the ice Never box. mind, mister. Beg your pardon? Never mind the milk. This is a stick-up. What? Oh. Shut up. Well, I didn't know we came over here for this. Quiet, will you? Get him up, mister, and walk over to that cash register. You, 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 you really holding him up? Do what I tell you, mister. Okay. Anybody in the back? Everybody else is gone. Okay. Over to the cash register. Here. Put the money in this paper sack. Fill that money bag, too. Hmm. Too bad I didn't think of this Saturday. We'd have got a bigger take. It would be too bad for you if I thought of it at all. Oh, now, mister, don't be sore. This is as big a surprise to me as it is to you. Now, wait a minute, mister. Take your hand out from under that counter. I just wanted to get... Drop that gun. Oh, no, I won't. Oh, you shouldn't have fired that gun. Look, you made Ricky cry. A few hours later, in the Philadelphia office of the FBI, agent in charge Marlin is studying some reports when... Marlin speaking. Police headquarters, Mr. Marlin. Here's one hot off the grill for you fellas. Yes, what is it? A supermarket in North Philadelphia was stuck up right after closing time tonight by two women with a baby. Two women with a... That's right, a baby, and they escaped with $5,300 after shooting down the manager. Is he dead? No, he'll be all right. We got him in the hospital. I don't see any FBI angle. Well, the car the women used was reported crossing over the New Jersey line at top speed about 30 minutes ago. Oh, I see. Well, under the National Stolen Property Act, that becomes our problem. Anybody get the license number? No, but it's a black Ford sedan, about a 41 model. Any description of the women? Well, the manager of the store gave a fair description. He's in the city hospital, and he's well enough to talk. Good enough. I'll send Special Agent Corey out there right away.
Pour me another cup of coffee, Ruth, please. Oh, but you haven't got time, Frank. You'd look at the clock. Hmm? Oh, well, fix me a cup anyway while I get on my coat and tie, huh? Oh, you better not stop for any more coffee, Frankie. You'll be late. What's the matter with you this morning? Nothing, nothing's the matter. Why? You've been trying to rush me out of here ever since I got up. Oh, I am not. It's just your imagination. No, I'll answer it. Oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it. Uh, you go put on your tie. Okay. Hello? Hello, sis. Has the jerk gone to work yet? Oh, um, good morning, Aunt Martha. How are you? What? Oh, oh, I get it. Look, this will only take a minute. Yeah, um, yeah, Ricky's just fine. Now listen to me. As soon as Frank is gone, get yours and the kids' stuff packed. Oh, I see. Why? Uh, why is that, Aunt Martha? I'll be over to pick you up in about an hour, so you'll be ready. Yeah, but I... I'm trying to tell you. I've got it all fixed. We're leaving for California today. See you in about an hour. Oh, swell. Uh, well, I'm um, glad you called, Aunt Martha. Uh, goodbye now. Hello? That was Aunt Martha, Frankie. What did she do? Change her mind and come back? What? Aunt Martha left for Florida two days ago, Ruth. But you must be mistaken. That was your sister Florence, wasn't it? Well... Yes, but I I didn't want you to get upset. She was here at the apartment yesterday, wasn't she? What? You should have emptied her cork-tipped cigarette butts out of the ashtray, Ruth. Okay, she she was here, but I didn't Look, want... Look, for the last time, Ruth, I'm telling you to keep that sister of yours out of this house. Oh, but She's no good and you know it. Now, if you don't stop seeing her, first thing you know, she'll, she'll be getting you mixed up in something like this thing in this morning's paper. What thing? Two women, one of them with a baby, stuck up a supermarket last night. That, that, I, I didn't read about... Uh... Look it over. You'll see what I mean. So long, honey. So long. You keep away from that Florence. Good morning, Corey. Morning, Mr. Marlin. I had to go out on another case last night. Didn't get back. What happened on your supermarket investigation? You haven't seen my report yet? Uh, I just got in a few minutes ago. Oh. Well, I got one lead, and we ought to know any minute now whether it's a good one or not. What's that? A baby's footprint. Baby's footprint? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see how when you... When the got... women came in to hold up the store, the baby was asleep in its mother's arms. Yes? The pistol shot wakened it, and the baby started crying and kicking. Uh-huh. The manager remembered hearing the mother tell the baby to stop pushing his feet against a glass case. Oh. And... And that's where you found the footprint. Right. Good, good. I hope so. Anyway, I got the lab to turn out a lot of copies of it last night, and by now every hospital in Philadelphia has one. What makes you think the baby was born in the Philadelphia hospital? The police said the hijacker's car was seen speeding across the line into New Jersey last night. That could have been a trick to give a false lead. They could have doubled back later, you know. Yes, I suppose so. If that baby was born in a Philadelphia hospital, we ought to know any minute now who its parents are. Aren't you ready to go yet? Well, I couldn't start packing till after Frankie had left, could I? Okay, but hurry. We've got to be moving. Flo, 
The newspaper had a story all about it this morning. Well, so what? They think we're over in Jersey somewhere. Yes, Don't correct. stand there. Finish packing that suitcase. Oh, okay. Did the jerk suspect anything? Well, he knew that you called a while ago. What'd you tell him? Nothing. That's a switch. What do you mean? Look, slam that bag shut and let's get out of here. Where's the kid's stuff? Oh, it's already in the suitcase. Well, then shut it. Oh, all right. Okay, now come on. Got to meet somebody way over in the up. I found this on the floor of the car. Thought I'd better come back. What is it? A money bag with G&L Grocery Company's name on it. Well, what about it? I think your sister here can answer that. I don't know what you're talking about. There was a story in the paper this morning about two women and a kid. They held up the store that this money bag came from. So? I got a pretty good idea. You did the job and you took my wife and kid with you. Frankie, I... Honey, you know I'm telling the truth. Oh, stop, will you? She probably hooked you in with some of that Hollywood talk, putting Ricky in pictures. I don't want to hear any more of this. Come on, Sid. Wait a minute. Ruth... What are you doing with those bags? What she should have done a year ago. She's leaving you. Oh, no. No, she's staying. Both of you are. We are not. I'm taking Ricky to Hollywood. You can't stop me. Now, look, you may be tired of me, Ruth, but you're not going anywhere with this sister of yours until I get the truth on this sticker. You, uh, really want the truth? Yeah. Okay, sucker. Oh. Slow. That was Ricky's 10 o'clock bottle. We'll return in just a moment to tonight's case, which shows how your FBI helps provide national security. Now let's listen in on a conversation about social security between a baseball fan named Jim Meyer and his friend, the Equitable Society representative. Well, now, um, let's see. You ask, who has a better chance of scoring a run? A man on second base or a batter with two strikes against him? Right. Why, the man on second, of course. That's right, Jim. And that illustrates a point about Social Security. In the old days, most of us had two strikes against us. Our chances of ever getting full security were slim. But now every man who has Social Security starts on second base. But how does he advance to the home plate, Carl? Through life insurance, Jim. Life insurance is the pinch hitter that never fails. For instance, at your age... By paying a comparatively small sum every week, you can double the protection you get from Social Security. Say, now that's an interesting angle. It's what you might call teamwork between Social Security and life insurance. Yes, Jim, many Americans don't realize what a wonderful asset they have in Social Security. They've never discovered how easy it is to build Social Security into full security through life insurance. Most people are amazed when they discover how little it costs. For instance, if you already own some life insurance, your Equitable Society man may be able to show you how only a few dollars extra per month will give your family complete protection and assure you a comfortable retirement income through the Equitable Extended Income Plan. Remember, your Social Security benefits vary according to your age, salary, and family situation. Why not get the facts? Find out exactly what you're entitled to under Social Security. The government has prepared a special card that will help you secure this information. To obtain one of these cards, 
Get in touch with your Equitable Society representative or send your name and address on a postcard to the Equitable Society care of this station. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now, back to the FBI file, the would-be movie star. Although the number of major crimes committed by men is far greater than that of those committed by women, the criminal mind itself has no gender. The instinct or the urge to cheat, to rob, to kill can be just as strong in women as in men. And the woman who holds a gun in her hand is just as cold and ruthless and vicious and deadly as her male counterpart. And just as consistent, too, in leaving that inevitable trace which leads to her downfall. It was barely 30 minutes after the girl Florence had struck down her sister's husband, Frank, and fled from the apartment with her sister and the baby, that agent in charge Marlin and Special Agent Corey of the FBI arrived at the apartment house in North Philadelphia. Well, this is the right house number anyway, Corey. I hope they still live here. Yeah. And yeah, here it is, Mr. and Mrs. Frank Tattison, 2E, second floor. Come on. Go ahead, thanks. You know, there's only one thing I don't understand in this case. What's that? Well, the hospital file on the baby's footprints is correct, but according to the record, the baby's father's a bookkeeper. What of it? Well, he just doesn't sound like the kind of person who'd have a wife that goes in for hijacking. <laughs> you should have been with the Bureau long enough, Corey, not to be surprised at anything. <laughs> no, but... hold it. A, B, E ought to be back toward the rear. Come on. C, D... That's E on the left there. Hold it. Just a minute, mister. You Frank Patterson? Yeah. We're special agents of the FBI. Oh. You know why we're here? Yeah, I guess I do. But I'm telling you, my wife is innocent. It was her sister that got her into it. She's made nothing but trouble ever since. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Not so fast. But she's taken my wife and baby away with her. I, I got to catch up with them before... They'll do the catching, Patterson. Just tell us what happened. Well, I, I don't know all the details, but when I found that grocery company money bag on the floor of my car this morning on the way to work... Yes? Well, I knew who had done the robbery I read about, so I came tearing back to the house and found her sister was here getting ready to take Ruth and the baby away with her. What did you do? I tried to put her out of the house, but she struck me with something I passed out. What's her name? Florence. Florence Bethel. She lives at 824 North Street, but I don't suppose they went there. Gloria. Yeah? Hop over to that address right away and see what you can find out. I'll be back at the office. Right. Waiting for the old guy who's going to drive us to California. What old guy? 
Oh, the one I told you about. He had an ad in the paper that he was driving through and would share expenses. I called him this morning and made the deal. Why couldn't we go on the train? It's safer for us this way. Oh. How do, ladies? Oh, hi. I'm Mr. Chandler. Are you the ones who are waiting for me? Yeah. Yeah, we're the ones. Fine, fine. Say, that's a mighty young baby you got there to be making such a long trip. Oh, yes, sir. He's only two months old, but he's just a cute... He's real tough. He can take it. Oh, I promise you he won't be any trouble to you. He couldn't be any trouble for me, young lady. I like babies. Oh, you do? Okay, then. Let's get started. Very well. I'll give you a hand with your bags, and then we'll all be off for good old California. What did you find out, Corey? The sister had already packed and left her rooming house. But I got a lead on where they're probably headed for. Yes, where? The landlady overheard Florence Bethel using the payphone in the hall this morning. Uh-huh. The landlady heard her say, Are you the man who had the ad in the paper about driving to California? That's all she had a chance to hear. But... That's enough for us. Get all the newspapers for a week back and we'll start checking all the personal travel ads. I'm going to California yet, Corey? Not yet. Several to Florida, one to Chicago, and two to Texas. I've been having the same kind of luck so far. It's just got to be at least one to California. I'm on the last list now, so... Wait. Wait a minute. Find one? Yes. Yes, give me the phone. What did they say? Chandler's our party, all right. That was his niece. Rude do they take him to California? His niece didn't know, but look up the number of the American Motor Club. What? She heard Chandler call the club to have them lay out a route for him. Good. Okay, here's the route they're taking. Then let's hit the highway. Well, that's doing it the hard way, Corinne. What do you mean? They've got at least a three-hour lead on us. Yeah, but we know the route they're taking and how much mileage Chandler plans to make each day. So after we put out a general police alert for them, let's pick out a plane stop somewhere on the route up ahead of them and... are tired of listening to the radio, I'll be glad to turn it off. Oh, no, sir. We love it, don't we, Flo? Uh, yeah, sure. How's that baby doing? Oh, he's just fine, thank you. He's been sleeping for two hours now. Uh, and his second day of travel, too. Yes. He's really taking it in his stride, all right. When do we hit Nashville? We ought to be there another hour, miss. Hungry? Little. We interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special news bulletin. Police from the seven states alerted by the FBI have as yet found no trace of the automobile believed headed for California, carrying as passengers the two women and a baby who figured in the holdup three days ago of a supermarket in Philadelphia. Police are confident that the driver of the car, A.B. Chandler of Philadelphia, is not aware of the identity of his passengers. They express the fear that... Well, it... It looks like I've gotten a little better acquainted with you young ladies. Flo, what are we going to do? We're going to California, of course. Yes, Mr. Mr. Chandler, pull off to the side and stop. What? What what do you mean? We're leaving you here. Oh, no, you're not. I'm driving on into Nashville and turn you over. That's a gun sticking in your back, mister. Now stop like I tell you. You understand? Very well. Now get out. Flo, look. What? What? That that car. It's coming right over the side and... All right, put down that gun, miss. Who are you? We're special agents of the FBI. The FBI? Thank That's right, and your trip to California stops right here. Oh, Ricky heard that. Now he knows 
store and the shooting of the manager, Florence Bethel is now serving a long term in a penitentiary. State and federal officials, convinced that there was no deliberate complicity on her part in either act, released the mother of the child, Ruth Patterson. Florence Bethel was just one more of the hundreds of criminals being brought every day to inevitable justice. But still, the crime wave in America rises higher and higher. Your FBI and your local law enforcement agencies can only capture criminals. They cannot prevent them from coming into being. That is a problem for America's homes and schools and churches and other social groups to solve. That is a problem on whose solution rests the internal security and future of America. In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's colorful story from the files of your FBI. Once again, friends, let me remind you that no matter how much you earn, you have a valuable asset in Social Security. And your Equitable Society representative will gladly show you how easy it is to build your Social Security into full security. He'll explain to you how Social Security and life insurance can work together for your complete protection. And will help you determine exactly where you stand under Social Security. No obligation, of course. Phone him tomorrow. Your Equitable Society representative is listed in your local phone book under the name Equitable. E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Goodness, the gall on that deceptive crook. To try and blackmail our protagonist, preying on his inebriation to get the better of him. Quite the cheeky maneuver. And the baby in the heist episode had me laughing hard. That episode would be a first for me to see a baby involved in crime in any way at all, especially in an old-time radio episode. Truly one unique episode indeed. Mates, thank you so much for listening. If you have a couple of seconds or some spare time, visit my iTunes link in the show notes to leave a review. That means the world to me. And for those of you who are already doing this, you legends... Thank you so much, because I love hearing what you listeners think of the show. To my Patreon supporters, all of you, I'm going to create something special before I go, just to show you how thankful I am and how much I care. For those of you that donate, you shape the podcast in ways you might not realize. Something as much as $5 a month, so a cup of lovely tea per month for me, goes back into the podcast to purchase music and pay for subscriptions. So what's your email inbox? Around Thursday, Friday this week, mates. As always, till next, we meet.